Rich Owen, thank you so much for dropping in to Security Market Watch. And everybody who is listening or watching this, these drop-ins are just a steady flow of information. We meet with uh, security leaders and we bring some information to you that you might find useful. And hopefully you find this pretty useful here in the next, let's say, five minutes or so. So, Rich, you and I uh, have talked before and you are the, I call you the druid of cybersecurity, and you've written so many books. You're prolific. You're one of the most prolific authors within cybersecurity. Um, And it's just a pleasure to talk to you today. And we connected briefly before this call, and we talked about AI and the human element uh, in security. And so I know this is a topic that's that's been on your mind and it's on the minds of a lot of people especially security leaders you're watching I'm pretty sure that you've you've listened uh, that you've thought about AI and you've thought about the 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 human element in cybersecurity but you see an interesting connection between those two could you give us your perspective on the connection between the human element in cybersecurity and how it relates to AI, and also vice versa, how AI relates to the human element in cybersecurity. Sure, Josh. Thank you very much. Uh, first, I need to probably give you a little bit of background about myself. Uh, I'm a past international president of ISSA. I'm a member of the Inf- uh, Information Security Hall of Fame, 2021 ISC Squared Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, and I've actually, uh, my latest book, the uh, the uh, the information, uh, the alchemy of information protection uh, is being used in a university program uh, to create a certificate for information security management. It's also being used by the EU Academy of Sciences in the Ukraine. Uh, they're translating it to Russian. And the whole focus on that book is, is based on my over 50 years of experience in cybersecurity. Uh, and, and the end result, the 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 punchline of that book is it's the human factors and why this is so important is my background is very technical. Uh, I started off in the army security agency. Uh, I've repaired a computer by replacing a single transistor. I've built and repaired computers based on chips. I've written my own operating system. Uh, In fact, uh, I was on the team that designed and installed the first local area network in the Mission Control Center at Johnson Space Center. So I come from a very technical background, and the end result of all this is uh, it's not the technology, it's it's not any of that stuff. It's not the laws of technology. It's the people. It's the human factor that's so important in security, especially with AI today. Uh, I'll share with you a couple of war stories. First of all, when I was on the team de- designing the network, at the Mission Control Center, I also uh, participated in a uh, as a regional judge in the science fair, and and one of the the students had a, an inductive reasoning machine he was showing me, and he said, "Give me some information, and then ask it a question." So I gave it some information, then I asked if Socrates is alive, and it came back and said, "Yes, one hundred percent." So I put that in. I'll share how that relates to the end of the story. But but then another story, when I was in the Army, I was teaching electronics. And sometimes on my test, I would put the question two plus two equals. And many of my students would pull out their calculators and punch that in before they put the right answer down. 
I'll tie that into the, the end of the pre- discussion as well. But uh, so I mentioned I was building the network for mission operations at Johnson Space Center. They liked what I did. They ended up hiring me as a NASA employee, and I ended up creating the security program for mission operations at Johnson Space Center. That sounds like a lot of gobbledygook, uh, but if you saw the movie Apollo 13, the real guy in the white vest was my boss. Oh, one wow. Of the best, one of the best leaders I ever had, and he's very fundamental in my decision about how human factors is so important. So what do I mean by human factors? First of all, the code that we use is created by people with all their flaws and biases and and everything else and maybe lack of understanding or caring about security. Now, how do we know this code is good? Well, we have to trust the program or their code reviews. Uh, In the early days, you'd have code reviews where one person would review somebody else's code. We got to the point where we wrote programs to to review code. Uh, But then we've evolved to the point of, reusing code and and some of this code that we reuse we don't know its pedigree we don't know what's hidden inside of it so i I point that out is that's the code that we're using today so the other thing is of course people the user the user is still the number one uh, attack vector uh for all the hackers in fact i'm uh a fellow with the Ponymon Institute who tracks all this stuff. And, and the human factor is so real there because we're the target. And then you combine that with executive management who are, who, who may or may not care about information as an asset. And you have a lackluster support effort to attack this. Uh, so this is what I call the human element uh, and why I'm concerned about it. So, that just gets me up to oh, a couple years ago. Now that you know, we're all talking about AI. Uh, well, I guess one of the worst story is when I was there at NASA, I actually wrote a speed uh, program, a race game for my boys on the computer, and they can never beat me. It was, you design the car by the engine size, wheel size, transmission, and no matter what they did, they could never beat me. Well, I confess later that I had a special code that I entered for my engine size and Ooh. always guaranteed that I had one more, one more foot of distance for every integration step whenever they put in. So I always beat them, but beat them barely. So this is back to how can you trust your program? You have, you have to trust the programmer to trust the integrity of your machine. Mm-hmm. Great. That leads me into AI. AI, there's two aspects of AI. There's the engine. The, the 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 code that is written by these flawed and imperfect people who may have the biases and stuff. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love AI and machine learning. Uh, when it comes to uh, a sim uh, and having machine learning monitoring all the attacks that are coming through my firewall and automatically detecting that one particular URL, one particular IP address is attacking all my different accounts, I automatically have code that shuts that that IP address off. This is wonderful stuff. But what happens if if my code that I'm using, I got it from some foreign foreign outlet or some company that maybe wasn't totally trustworthy, and they have embedded in this code stop all attacks except from any attack from a specific IP address? 
well, now I'm screwed and I don't know it. I'm trusting that it's all good, but mm-hmm. now I have a back door that's open to a hacker who knows about this, this back door. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, so the real key of AI is two elements. It's the engine, which I just mentioned, and it's the data that this engine performs on. It does, it gives you results based on the data that's input to it. Really good example I like is you ask it a religious question in AI, and if you're using the Old Testament or the New Testament as your data, you may get an answer that's hellfire and damnation or love and forgiveness. It seems kind of fitting, though. I feel like that's this gets philosophical real quick. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, the whole purpose of what I'm trying to t- explain here is, is uh, trust but verify think uh and and it goes back to that thing i said about the my students when i was teaching electronics two plus two equals five may be an acceptable response if my data is using a yulian database Mm -hmm. where where two plus two plus five is saying i accept whatever you're going to tell me the interesting mm-hmm. thing here is I actually asked an AI engine, I said, how can I trust what you tell me is true? And actually, I liked its response. It said, you need to be able to verify what we tell you, mm-hmm. uh, and which means that you need to be able to look at the algorithm. You need to look at the decisions it made. And it reminds me of, of an, an attorney who used AI to create a brief. And the judge threw the brief out because it just so happens all the case law referenced and it was all bogus. So you need to be able to trust this. So it's the integrity of the engine. It's the integrity of your data. And then you also want to complicate this stuff by the cloud. Where is your engine running? Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where's your data from? Uh, is it your data and you're throwing your data in, into the cloud? Oh, good. So now somebody else has all of your data. Unless you can guarantee that the, the, the source in the cloud will protect your data. Uh, so the whole purpose of what I like to talk about with AI is back to Reagan, trust but verify. Yes, yes. You know, whenever I think about AI and people often talk about AI in, in terms of uh, death and destruction, the Terminator, ARPANET, not ARPANET, um, what was the, 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 somebody remind me, whatever the, the, uh, the yeah, bad I know what guy you was, about, yeah. you know, in yeah. Um, Skynet, Skynet. So, yeah. you know, everybody thinks about it in that way. And I go, you know, AI is not going to do it by itself. It will, there's somebody who will code the AI to destroy humanity. If that's what AI winds up doing, it's yes. going to be some human element that's introduced into the AI, whether intentionally, probably unintentionally knowing yes. human beings, and that, if, if, if anything will lead to the, to the disaster, um, that is Skynet and the Terminator. It'll be something like that, the human factor. So everything you said reminds me of that. And I think a lot of people will, will, will resonate with that. But we have to wrap it up there. And Rich, you know, I really want to talk to you uh, for a longer length of time about this subject because I see you as a philosopher in technology And I am kind of a garage philosopher myself. And so I would love to dive into the rabbit hole with this uh, sometime. And I hope you'd come back. Okay. I just want to plant one more seed. And that is you can actually poison the data. 
so that any decision you get out of your engine is wrong because somebody poisoned your data. So I thank you for the opportunity and look forward to talking to you in the future. And how can people find you and find your books? Uh, JohnnySecurityC.com. You can go there. And in fact, there you'll find a code JSS1 where you can get all my books and eBooks 10% off uh, if you order through BookBaby. Or they're also available on Amazon and other places. Awesome. Rich Owen, thank you so much. And thank you for listening to this drop-in at Security Market Watch. Thanks, everybody. Bye.